the NCAA today will hold a constitutional convention meeting virtually as it continues to look to change the policies of college sports. Remember that a committee of conference commissioners, athletic directors, university presidents, and athletes have outlined some dramatic changes to the college landscape over the past few months, and today's meeting is another step in the process. The NCAA could vote on a new constitution as early as January. Well, this is your morning buzzcast for Monday, November 15th. Good morning. I'm Abe Madcore. Hope everybody had a great weekend and are ready for the start of this week. Let's start with big changes at the Portland Trailblazers. One of the good guys in sports is Chris McGowan, and he's the top executive on the business side for the Trailblazers, and he announced Friday that he has resigned as president of the team. He said it had nothing to do with the ongoing investigation into president of basketball operations, Neil O'Shea. McGowan said that he had felt 10 years is enough time in the position, and he looked back very fondly on his tenure. That included a new arena naming rights deal for the Moda Center, two new television contracts, two jersey patch sponsorships, and more events and concerts at the Moda Center. He also felt he was able to change the mentality of the organization to be more ambitious on the business side. He also said he was happy how the team focused a lot on the fan experience and changed what it felt like to go to a Blazers game. But let's face it, as many of you know, the Trailblazers have changed a lot since Paul Allen died in October of 2018. Paul Allen lived for the Blazers. Now, Paul Allen's sister, Jody is very well regarded, but she's not the same or probably not as invested in the Blazers as her brother was. Now, Chris McGowan, according to The Athletic, reportedly wanted more influence in the organization, but Jody Allen was reportedly not ready to give him more influence. Neil O'Shea was really the face and the voice of the franchise, and many were surprised at that continued to be the case. Chris McGowan is very well regarded in NBA circles, and I talked to one NBA team president on Friday who didn't think Chris McGowan would be on the sidelines for very long, as there are many people who will want to talk to him and have him join their organization. Meanwhile, McGowan said that he felt the team was in very good hands. He will be replaced by Chief Commercial Officer and Executive Vice President Dwayne Hankins, who has been with the Blazers since 2019. He will now serve as the new President of Business Operations. Meanwhile, President of Basketball Operations and General Manager O'Shea is scheduled to be interviewed this week by O'Melveny and Myers. Remember, they are investigating the corporate culture of the Trailblazers. O'Shea is reportedly not interested in making any settlement deal or buyouts and is fighting for his job amid accusations that he had fostered a hostile work environment in Portland among team staffers. So a lot of news about the Blazers right now at the start of the season and not really for the right reason. So keep your eye on what's going on with the Portland Trailblazers. Let's shift to soccer. We talked Friday in the Buzzcast about Cincinnati hosting Friday's United States men's national team qualifier against Mexico, and the plan was to be in front of a loud jam crowd, and wow, was it really. More than 26,000 people jammed TQL Stadium in Cincinnati. It was a hit. I watched it on ESPN, but Cincinnati showed very 
very well and I'm sure left very positive marks on the influential executives who were in town for the game. Because remember, Cincinnati is looking to possibly host a World Cup 2026 match at Paul Brown Stadium and certainly Friday night's effort at TQL Stadium around the men's national team's qualifier and victory against Mexico bodes well for Cincinnati. Let's shift to baseball because the Tampa Bay Rays are still talking about splitting time between Tampa and Montreal. And team president Brian Auld told local officials on Friday the team will pay about half of the estimated $700 million it would cost for a new ballpark. He continues to say that splitting the season with Montreal is the only way to keep the team in Tampa Bay and that the market just can't pay enough or sustain enough of a team all year in the marketplace. He also outlined the vision for the 27,000 seat outdoor park. It would have no roof. He said they would program more than 200 events a year. It would be the home of the Tampa Bay Rowdies, which would be owned by the Rays, and that they would like to draw a professional women's soccer team to the facility. So again, the Rays are still lobbying very hard locally to get local support to split their season between Tampa and and Montreal. Meanwhile, speaking of new buildings, keep your eye on what's going on in St. Louis with St. Louis City FC, the new MLS team that will kick off in March of 2023 in St. Louis's downtown. The stadium is on schedule, on budget, and about halfway done. It will be open for soft launch July of 2022. It will seat about 22,500, which seems to be about the right number for an MLS team. Very intimate venue. All the seats very close to the pitch. They promise no bad seats in the house. They're also building three practice and training fields right next to the facility in downtown St. Louis. There has been a lot of positive talk in soccer circles about this organization. The team's owner, Carolyn Kindle Betts, is earning high marks, and the team is performing very well on the business side. There's a real sense that this team could make a real impact, not just in MLS, but also in the St. Louis market. I know there are a number of Commodores and Vanderbilt alums in the sports business, and you'll see an upgraded sports experience and an upgraded sports complex at Vanderbilt as the university released renderings Friday of a proposed $300 million facility upgrade project. What would that include? There'll be a reimagined Vanderbilt football stadium, a new indoor football facility, and a new basketball operations building. So construction of phase one of this project is set to begin following the conclusion of this year's football season. So the fan experience in Nashville around Vanderbilt sports will certainly be improved and enhanced under athletic director Candace Lee. And finally, we all know about the bets politicians make on sports, but yesterday we saw two politicians taking a game together. Politico reported this morning that New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy on Sunday watched the Jets-Bills game with New York Governor Kathy Hochul at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Now, we know New York Governor Hochul is a Buffalo native, and she's been very active in talks about a new Bills stadium. And she's clearly a Bills fan, and she wanted to take in the game yesterday, which turned into a big Bills victory on Sunday against the Jets. 
So this week, I'll be in New York for our New Voices Under 30 event on Tuesday night. Our 40 Under 40 gala is Wednesday night. Both events at Chelsea Piers in New York. Tickets still available. Let me know if you're interested in attending. I hope to see you there. So that is your Morning Buzzcast for Monday, November 15th. I'm Abe Madcore. Like I said, I'll be in New York the rest of this week. I'll talk to you again on Friday. The rest of this week, you'll hear from our very talented managing editor, David Albright. So have a great week, everybody. Stay healthy. Be good to each other. I'll speak to you again on Friday. 